Hello, I'm Zach, and I am just past the Pepsi generation. What's the Pepsi generation? Oh, you'll know. You you'll figure it out. You'll is it the it is it Britney Spears when and no. Beyonce the celebrities? I mean, Pepsi? It, technically, we'll get into that. Technically, yes, but also like they had a campaign that was like the Pepsi generation, like uh, in the oh, '80s, to okay. try okay. to get young people to drink okay. Pepsi. So, so you I'm, dropped your I'm age. just past the Pepsi generation. My name is Caitlin, and I hope you're going to serve us some ASMR of a Coke being poured into a glass. Are we going to get some ASMR? <laughs> nope, but you know what? I have had my fill of ASMR after the last podcast. We're done? I'm good. We're, We're going to take ASMR? a break. Okay. I told you, like, I had friends sending me those mukbang videos afterwards, and I just need to take a break. That stuff is not my wheelhouse so no asmr in, in coke and pepsi today So we got real into this subculture last week and now we're just like resurfacing we're taking a breath of fresh air from the dark web <laughs> yeah. we're done with the dark web yeah, for a I, bit. Need a, I need a break that was enough internet for the day for the week uh and this is uh with that this is manipulating the masses don't give yourselves to brutes Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. Okay. Caitlin. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the OG advertising battle, the original, the classic, the, the over-referenced cliche battle of Coke versus Pepsi. We're going to see their tactics used, uh, how they one up each other, how they counter off each other, uh, since basically, uh, they've been doing this for basically a century now. So there's a lot of interesting tactics here. I guess, uh, you know, my, my first question to you, I like to lead these off with a question is you think Coke, you think Pepsi, uh, can you name some of their iconic campaigns? I mean, they do run a lot of iconic. You've already referenced one, Britney Spears, Easy. Beyonce. So is there any other, Easy. is there any other campaigns that stand out to you? hundred percent Coca-Cola. I associate with polar bears. And they run that ad mm. around Christmas or the Super Bowl. Um, that's Coca-Cola to me. And then Pepsi is celebrities, is the Britney Spears era and uh, Beyonce. And those are the two celebrities I can remember being a big part of Pepsi. I saw another celebrity do Pepsi and I was like, oh shit, they're bringing back this campaign. Uh, and I can't remember who it is. But yeah, so those are the two. It's iconic. not a uh, Kylie Jenner, Kendall, Kylie oh, Jenner, oh, Kendall Jenner. Jenner <laughs> no, that yeah, one that flipped one, my memory. That, that wasn't, that was <laughs> Everybody forgets to me. that one. <laughs> Everybody forgets that one. Well, and Zach, uh, yeah, I also gonna, think of, I just have to say that that is a testament to cancel culture on how quickly people forget <laughs> about, about people who have been canceled. Like I forgot Kendall Jenner was yep. canceled for that campaign. And then I totally <laughs> left my, <laughs> left my mind. 
whatever she she posts good instagram pictures so people forgive her i don't know i don't know um it, and what i think of as well with coke is you mentioned the polar bears what i tie to that is the santa claus campaign where they have santa claus drinking a coca-cola you know like that that one yep. as well yeah um you know and those are the recent ones we're gonna go back because they they both have some just iconic commercials back in the day but I do want to, before we get into this, like we're calling this an advertising battle, right? Like we, these do go on where companies are directly battling each other to you. Like what, what is the, what are the right conditions to start attacking a brand or to start directly referencing another brand in your own advertising? Like, what do you think starts this off? What are the right conditions for an advertising battle? I love that. It's funny. Cause we've talked about this before on like when, uh, companies started kind of tearing each other down. And I feel like in the mm. past, it was kind of this unwritten rule that it was like nobody really targeted each other and they just kind of stayed in their own lane. And then as of recently, it's really been targeted like fast food companies and Adidas Nikes. And um, uh, so the conditions, I think in this day and age is just like if you're selling the same product it's fair game now it's fair game to attack each other you're selling the same service you're selling the same product uh and you're equally successful too there's that's the big caveat is you have to be successful yeah well uh, we'll get into the numbers and i find it i found that section of this very interesting as i would being the numbers person do you have an opinion on the conditions yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. It's it's less about similar products to me, but Coke and Pepsi are very similar. Let's not get around that. But they they market themselves differently, right? Um, I think if you're going after the same demographic, I think your target market and your target demographic yeah, is the demographic. same, the yeah. same person, and it's and it is a choice between the two. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think you know, like it can play to both uh, benefit right like i do think that's overlooked is like having this choose a side it's just like democrats and republicans plus playing against each other to their benefit they're going to get more donations if if uh -huh. they feel like you're on a team and choosing between coke are you a coke person or a pepsi person benefits both sides because you get brand loyalists that will just always 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 buy coke products to the point that like one of my friends is an antique dealer he like goes he like flea markets and buy these old antique advertisements and flips them and he says the most valuable one is coke wow like old advertising coke stuff is the most valuable you can resell it for huge because they are such hardcore coke collectors yeah right like they will collect yeah coke products and signage and everything right i had a friend in high school and her dad had a basement full of old cars and stuff it was really cool it's like kind of some motorcycles and like corvettes and stuff and uh he had a bunch of coke paraphernalia and I feel, and a Coke machine too, where you actually had to deposit five cents mm. and out would come a Coke bottle. Mm -hmm. And they spent so much money actually sourcing the true Coca-Cola Coke bottles instead of just cans. So there are those diehard enthusiasts yep. for sure. You bring up a good point. Um, and also Coke is so old tiny. That's why they really depend on, you know, the, the all of their advertisement is old tiny. So that's why they depend on the Santa Claus ads yep. and the polar bear ads. Like it brings you back to an mm -hmm. era of nostalgia. 
Absolutely. And they tap into that. Yeah. And also you, you made me remember, I don't know, but like when you're at a restaurant and you're like, can I just get a Diet Coke? And they're like, oh, is Pepsi okay? And you're like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> Pepsi's fine. Yeah. <laughs> see that? But it, it does not, does it not happen every single time you order that? They're like, oh, it's, co- we only have every Coke. time. I'm like, I don't care. They taste the same to me. Yeah. Well, they don't. And Absolutely. please don't at me because people will at me on that. But yeah, you're you're you can't take middle ground in a battle. Don't no, stand between no. the two trench lines, no. <laughs> Caitlin. Don't you'll get caught in the crossfire. Um, no, I, I'm with you. Like I don't care either. But there are loyalists that'll be like, oh, you don't have coke. Oh, okay, I'll get something. I'll totally, get I've seen that like happen that. in like, real they, life. There's loyalists. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the benefit, and I think those conditions that condition where you both brands see a benefit in kind of like trying to one up each other in marketing and directly taking on each other just to get customers to pick sides uh, is, is a right condition for these kind of battles. And this is going to be an, uh, we're going to talk about multiple battles. Coke and Pepsi is just like the OG, the Frazier versus Ali, you know, the Chrissy Teigen versus everybody on Twitter. Oh, Chrissy T- wow. The pop culture reference that you just dropped. I am so impressed. You just like kind of went up in my book. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very Out of much. All Thank the you battles you much. picked, Chris Teigen versus Chrissy Teigen versus Twitter. Okay, all right. Yep, and, and I cannot tell you it was in my script. I spent about ten minutes just trying to find a good reference and think of a good reference that would relate to you because I knew well, you I, wouldn't get Frasier versus Ali. Like I did it. I did it. I was like Frasier, the television I know, show. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nope nope it's it's okay we're gonna win it's a boxing match it's Thank fine you. Chrissy uh, back gotcha. in the day yep. um so uh last question before we get into the history and kind of the background of all the campaign is is simply caitlin or are you a coke or pepsi person don't given care. the choice don't care given the choice you have to decide given the choice no i don't care is not like you have a free coke and a free pepsi sitting right in front of you you are quenched of thirst you need that carbonation in your life which one do you go for? I'm picturing myself. I'm doing a therapy thing where I'm envisioning myself in this situation and there's a Coke and there's a Pepsi. And yes. I think I would reach for the Coke probably because it's just that staple where it's that mm. it was the first. And I, yeah. I think that's my reasoning is just because Coke, even though Pepsi is so at both those brands are so familiar to me as a consumer. I think Coke is just that much more familiar. So I would reach for a Coke. Yeah. You, I, and I think you spoke to exactly my feeling too, is I'm not a huge soda drinker. You aren't either. So like if we had to choose, we would go with that kind of like nostalgic classic mm-hmm. branding instinctively. Mm-hmm. Pepsi is very new age, hip, mm-hmm. like yes. current people that love soda drink Pepsi. If we're just like, oh, I'm just going to like treat myself to a soda for example, when I'm hungover, I love just a little bit of soda. Get those fizzies in your brain, right? Uh-huh. Like that's my like I kind of crave just like a sip of it. I would go for Coke just to be like it's classic. It's like it has that nostalgic feel for us. Pepsi doesn't really bank on nostalgia. When I do order something at a restaurant, I'm always saying, "Can I have a Coke instead of can I have a Pepsi?" Mm-hmm. Always. Uh mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. Coke might just be easier to say. Like it's one syllable instead of two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that. Nobody first... says, can I have a Coca-Cola? 
it's kind of yeah. like, hey, I'm it's kind of like the Band-Aid or chapstick or Kleenex. It's like it, yep. it Have... owns that entire genre of soda. A soda equals Coke <laughs> to me now that I'm exploring this a little bit. I agree. I agree. Well, you're like, uh, have you in Atlanta, they call everything Coke because Coke is from there. It's like, can I have a Coke Sprite? Can I have a Coke? Uh, Shut Sprite up. Coke? Like they, they say Coke soda. Sprite, like Coke. it's a hyphenated. Yeah. Like they, well, they call like soda or pop. What we say in the Midwest, we call it pop. They just call it Coke, you know? How uh, do they differentiate? They like what if they wanted? Everything's Coke. How, but how? Sprite I don't Coke. Know. So they can say I have Sprite a, Coke. Yeah. So they hyphenated. Dr. Pepper Coke. What? Yeah, a Dr. Pepper Coke. What? Yep. Like, a, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So they've like owned that and it's just like part of the language in Atlanta. Okay. Um, very interesting, right? We call it pop in the Midwest. I have no I know, idea that's disgusting. That's why. Disgusting. <laughs> I hate the Midwest for um, that. Okay. So, uh, okay i i after i moved out started calling it soda because i hated it i like after you get out of it i'm like oh it just doesn't sound right like Pop soda sounds so elementary right it, I, it like does a, a child it does. and like, also sounds, my cousin yes. is from minnesota and she calls hair ties hair ponies like everything that the midwest says it sounds like a child is saying it a hair pony yeah. and pop uh wisconsin yeah, people in Wisconsin call uh, water fountains, they call them bubblers. No, <laughs> get, come get, on. Go get a drink at the bubbler. Elevate <laughs> like, yourself. It is, it is a little remedial sounding. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay, <laughs> that, that was a tangent. All right, so let's get into the history of Coke and Pepsi because I find it very interesting. Um, both, Coke to, both Coke and Pepsi were started in the late 1800s. So Coke was founded in 1886. Pepsi was founded in 1893. And it's funny you say you don't like Pepsi's name because Pepsi was actually given its name uh, for the Greek word for digestion. So Pepsi is Greek for digestion. Okay. And that's the, <laughs> that's the brand name. Okay. Um, but they were founded just six years apart. So very close together. Now they, they kind of do their own thing. Pepsi and Coke are growing. They, they are seeing success clearly. And they kind of stay in their own lane until like the 30s mid 30s 40s and the first kind of differentiation which i thought you would find very interesting is in 1940s that's when they started to really emphasize their color theory and so when you think of coke you think of the color red and then pepsi is blue blue right um so like this is when they started to really try to differentiate themselves they they clearly coke went with that classic red Pepsi actually changed it to red, white, and blue with emphasis on blue because uh, they were trying to capitalize on like the World War II uh, nationalism, patriotic feeling of World War II. Uh, do you have any thoughts on their, each brand's color theory? Like, do you think it's done well? Do you think it's done like it's too hard to any singular color? Like, what do you think? Uh, I think they're director. both iconic in their own way because they are say, like red equals Coke, no doubt about it. I think when I talk about Pepsi, I think Coke does it better. I think staying with a mm. singular color and just really locking that down, I think is more effective than the Pepsi route, which is diversifying and going red, white, and blue to kind yeah. of be patriotic. I don't know that it gives me patriotic vibes even though it is red, white, and blue. Um, 
So I think Coke does it better, but I think equally, I, I think they both do it well. There's companies that do not do it well, and Coke and Pepsi are not are not those companies. Yeah, they well, it's been they've been doing it since they were one of the first ones to really establish color theory Colors, yeah. uh, in the '40s, like really emphasize the color, and it stayed true, you know, for almost a, a century now. Um, they were red and blue, and they've stayed true to that for a very, very long time. I think there's also like, I mean, I think about Coca-Cola's advertisements too. And, and you think about the Santa Claus ad, I think about the polar bear ad where it's really relying on those color palettes and you can introduce those colors into your advertising. But Pepsi is not really mm. able to do that. They're not able to introduce blue the same way that Coca-Cola introduces red by relying on Santa Claus imagery yeah. and white imagery with the polar bears in the snow. So I, I think in yep. that realm, Pepsi has not done it as effectively because blue isn't quite the color palette in all of their ads. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, they're they're not. They've always had a different kind of focus, and we'll we'll get into that. Um, but I love that feedback. So uh, they they kind of branch out in colors, and the next phase of this advertising battle is Pepsi is actually credited with coming up with the first ever advertising jingle, the the first one ever done. Uh, and I just chatted you a link. I'll put it in the episode, but uh, give it. It's called um, the song originally titled Nickel Nickel uh, was developed by Pepsi, put out, and then it was actually placed in jukeboxes all around the country. Uh, so it would get lots of play and lots of airtime. Um, and we'll give you a little sample. So um, you let me know when you're ready and we'll watch like the first like 30 seconds of it. You ready? All right. That's a bop. That is a bop. That is a bop. That's a bop. I could just see people like shaking their finger and just right. like swinging on the dance floor to that, you know, just talk about Pepsi, Pepsi, nickel, 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 nickel. Is that um, because it's, oh, a nickel so that, drink. Yeah. Okay. A nickel drink mm -hmm. worth a dime. Huh. Nice. Yeah. So their marketing tactic was basically like cost. That's what Pepsi cost. started out with. Like we're very cost affordive. Uh, you get more for your dollar. Right, your like that's dime. how they differentiated from Coke. Coke was Coke was more for your dime and for your nickel, uh, and then uh, Coke was more like the taste, the classicness. Again, they were always leaning on uh. this kind of classic. We are the original soda. Pepsi's like, hey, you, you you spend a nickel, you get a little bit more with us. Nickel, 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 tickle, 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 nickel, um, whatever that means. So uh, it actually became like a little bit of a hit, like for a short while. It was like getting a ton of plays uh, within jukeboxes around the country. And then as the 1950s came in uh, and... TV started to become a larger medium and commercials became an option. Obviously, Pepsi and Coke capitalized on commercials right away. They started running, you know, all of these different commercials. Pepsi was a little bit slower to the game. But the interesting tidbit is that uh, Pepsi's president at the time was married to actress Joan Crawford. Mm. 
a very famous like old school movie actress Mm -hmm. um and she suggested to him that pepsi be a lifestyle brand rather than a brand that emphasized value so you know in the 1950s they make it to a woman brand leave it to a woman yeah I'm with you. Um, so, like, what what do you think was, like, prominently featured in these early 1950s Pepsi's commercials as they make the first foray into, like, creating a lifestyle around a brand, around a drink? Like, what do you think was featured, what was prominent in these commercials? Celebrities? Question mark? No, not yet. They didn't really have endorsements uh, yet. I, I was just, um, I guess what I'm getting at is most of these were like high class, refined, picnic, like no more did they emphasize value and say, gotcha. get this for your, it was more like fancy people drink Pepsi yes. was essentially what it was. Yeah. You're um, putting high, the, fa- high, you're putting the viewer into a scene and saying you could be enjoying mm-hmm. this picnic if you had a Pepsi. You could be enjoying this time with your family. Take it, take a second to go have a picnic with a Pepsi. It's kind of the premise yep, of lifestyle. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so Pepsi goes that route. Coke years later hits back on the jingle front with probably what is considered by a lot of people the most, the best, most effective ad of all time. Like the best ad of all time. I disagree. Have you heard the milk campaign? Got milk? <laughs> <laughs> I have heard the milk campaign. Uh, this right. is hit me this with is, the code. I'm going to chat it to you. Yeah, I'm going to hit chat it to you. We'll we'll cut it in there. Um, it's it's a it's the ad called Hilltop. Uh, yeah, it's the ad called Hilltop. One of the best received. Uh, one of the best. Um, and it has actually a classic placement as the ending, the ending scene to the series of Mad Men. Uh, they end up playing this, this commercial as the, like the final sign off to the entire Mad Men series, uh, because it's such a prominent new age push through jingle, uh, that, that had incredible resounding success. Can I ask a question? So, um, the Pepsi Cola jingle was put out in the 30s so coca-cola 1939 okay so the 40s but i'm looking at this ad and this was put out in the 70s so are you saying that there was literally a 30-year gap between when coke decided to kind of hit back with their own jingle 30 years yeah i mean they did have little jingles here and here but nothing to the success of nickel nickel from pepsi okay like this was now like they they would kind of battle back and forth a little bit but this was the one that was like all right coke just outdid pepsi as far as hits as far as record record like how people recognize the ad okay um oh i can't wait it's and this ad this ad is considered like and you know when you when you listen to it and when you see it it does elicit emotions okay um that are that are i think is really good so um we'll give it a listen are you ready yep i'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves I like to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. I like to 
Yes. Uh, catchy, right? Um, so tell me, what are your thoughts after watching that? I mean, tear. You just brought together a bunch of people, a bunch of people from all over the world. And they did specify young people too. So that also indicates like, yes. hey, we are the next generation and we're encouraging love. We're encouraging, uh, you know, peace. And they're standing, and they made a point to say we're standing on the hilltop in Italy. Like, come on, who doesn't want to stand on a hilltop in Italy? Mm -hmm. And then they're all coming together, and this is like this vision of camaraderie, and you're part of a team, and you're pushing the world forward. Yes, I am inspired yes. by that. Exactly. Uh, and this was the first foray into uh really like products not just saying this is why our product's great but like taking a stand like coke is basically i mean collecting this i mean in the 70s this widely diverse group clearly widely diverse group of people and i don't know if you noticed but like th when they're holding the coke like the coke labeling is in all different, different. languages I did notice like that. based on like yeah so like it, it's it's that vision of like coke is crossing borders Coke is everywhere in the world and this brand has an opportunity to bring people together. And it was just the first, like you buy for the mission and the ideals of a brand rather than just the refreshing taste of Coca-Cola. I think um, it does a good job of yeah. capital on, on capitalizing on what was happening in the world at the time too, because the seventies yeah. was such a peace and love and free for all movement and Coke, all they had to do was insert themselves in that movement and it becomes a success. So take note. I, I completely agree. Insert yourself into society yeah, it... and you will have a fall. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Like I think companies are learning that now we see this with Ukraine and the, the, the war in Ukraine. And we see this with, you know, black lives matter. And we see this with a lot of social movements. We, it's a difference between capitalizing on the movement and trying to sell more products because you're taking part and just uh, announcing support that your brand supports this movement. And you're not really inserting yourself like, hey, go buy more Coke. It's more like, hey, we're we're a global company and we want the world to come together. Oh, you know? man, you just brought up a great topic. And I don't even know if we have the time to go into this, but there is a difference in what you just said. And I like that you brought that up is there's a difference between capitalizing on a movement. So saying like, oh, Black Lives Matter is a massive movement right now. Let's try to sell a product and piggyback on this movement. And then just saying that you stand with the movement and you're a part of it. However, there is, that is even a touchy subject because again, people, I think in this day and age, maybe not the seventies, I think that ad was really effective in the seventies because they weren't outright selling Coca-Cola. It was really a movement. It was really a couple people getting together and pursuing love. Uh, and, mm -hmm. but in this day and age, consumers are more, I'm going to use this word and you're going to kill me, but consumers are more woke to this where, yeah. uh, companies yeah. will piggyback on movements to sell product by just simply saying yeah we stand with the we stand with ukraine but what are you actually doing for ukraine and people are going to start calling mm. you out and so that is a really touchy mm -hmm. subject because so, you can't just say like you can't just insert yourself in the movement and say yeah yeah, yeah we're we're on board with this 
you have to actually partake in it. You have yeah. to do something about it. Um, and yeah, it was, and I agree. To, it, it was, effect, I agree. to your point, it was effective. This Coca-Cola commercial was effective. Um, but nowadays it's a little bit trickier. You do have to prove that you are for peace, that you have, that you have to prove that you are for love and this free spirited movement. Um, and you're not just trying to yeah. make millions of dollars and contribute to worse off situations. Yep. I think, uh, corporate corporations uh need to be taking action rather than just saying words now yeah, and i think yeah. there's a line but you can still voice support yeah it is just a touchy subject but it's effective right like coke proved this and there a lot of other brands are leveraging this like it is effective to at least take part in conversation uh of of social issues and global issues right yeah, you need to tell consumers that you guys are human, that people are human behind the yep. company. And you're not just a wall yep. of Coca-Cola, you're humans behind that wall and you have something, you have a message and you wanna support something. Yep, I agree. So um, I'm with you. I think it, it's very interesting. It's, it's interesting how brands do that today. And it's interesting that Coke and Pepsi have kind of veered away from that. Like you don't really see either of them taking huge stands when Pepsi did with that Kendall Jenner commercial, when they yes. tried to take a stand, they were ripped apart. Yeah. Right. Like, so now you see them almost taking the opposite direction where other brands are kind of inserting themselves in the conversations while Coke and Pepsi are like, yo, we're going to just take a little back seat now. Let, let other people talk about it. Just make sure you're buying Coke. I right? think there's an element of like, know your role, know your role in yep. all of this. And, insert yourself where it's appropriate but don't try to be the yep. hero of the story kendall jenner like you're not the hero of the blm movement yep. and <laughs> and i and i call out kendall jenner i apologize it wasn't her it was the marketing department of pepsi it was pepsi who hired her but you know it, it was a wrong move it was a poorly inserted move on their part so know your place pepsi has made some glaring glaring not only the ad but also the we took we discussed the redesign of their logo that cost yeah. an absorbent amount of money seven million um they've made some very interesting mark yeah they've made some very interesting marketing choices um but they're still around and uh credit to them for that um so let's get back to the history side of it uh so you know we talked about jingles there's a battle in jingles there's a battle in color birth theory um, the next kind of phase of this, which I thought was very interesting because we saw this when we talked about the satanic panic and media org organizations was now Coke and Pepsi in the 60s were in a place to just absorb other companies. And there was this this buying battle between them. That was kind of the next battlefront for this uh, in 19. It began in 1960 when Coke purchased the Minute Maid company. Um, and a year later, Coke purchased Sprite. They purchased the bottling, the, the owning rights of Sprite. Now, that, technically, like Dr. Pepper's involved somewhere, but they, they just absorbed all of those in the 60s. Now, in 64, uh, Pepsi launched a health... Uh, well, let me back up. Hang on. Uh, Pepsi made the biggest acquisition move. So Coke's buying Minute Maid, Sprite, Dr. Pepper. Pepsi went a completely different direction, where in 1965, they merged with the company Frito-Lays. Mm. So they merged? really went after, 
merged with them. So they technically bought it's it's technically PepsiCo and Frito Lay, but they are under one umbrella. Okay. Um. It, so uh, Pepsi. I mean, it's kind of highlighted the difference, right? Like Pepsi looked to uh, make acquisitions to expand a snack market that their drink could complement. We think about Pepsi and Doritos, right? Like there's now this like complimentary feature. They're trying to take over snack time. Coke made acquisitions in almost exclusively the beverage space and they stayed true to beverages solely. So Coke owns, um, let's see here. Coke owns uh, High C. We mentioned uh, they own Dasani water and then they own, uh, the other one is a Bimbo Bakeries which I, I don't know if you're familiar with bimbo bakeries, but uh, they do like bread and stuff like that. Pepsi, do you have a thought? Am I going to? No, 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 no. I was going to say, I was just going to take a guess at who bimbo bakeries was. And I was like, um, Twinkies. <laughs> do they produce Twinkies? No, that's like, that's like Sara Lee. Bimbo Sarah Lee, is, yeah. is, it's a lot in, yeah, it's a lot in, bimbo is a lot in uh, Mexico and kind of the South area, um, like bimbo sub shops um that kind of stuff uh not very prominent in the u.s honestly so they don't they're not really involved in the snack market in the u.s in any major way pepsi on the other hand uh complemented with snacks they they own lays ruffles cracker jacks quaker rice aroni and life cereal is mm. some of the uh snacks on there within their repertoire so you can see the different strategy uh as far as acquisitions go what kind of paralleled this was now they were running more options for drinks in 64 pepsi released a health conscious beverage i say that in quotes uh because zero sugar diet pepsi so diet pepsi was released in 1964 to counter that the next year coke didn't release diet coke it released fresca a like grapefruit kind of like light cream soda ish we know fresca right we know fresca yeah we we know fresca very well um diet coke actually wouldn't be released until 1982 almost 20 years later wow why do you think that is i didn't know i didn't know that why do you think that is like what's your gut i don't have an answer for you but you're in the coke like why would you not counter a diet coke with a diet pepsi for 20 years i think they didn't see the market for it and maybe there wasn't the market for it okay so i do have a couple opinions on the diversification of what these both, yeah. both these companies are doing i think in my yes opinion, that was my question for pepsi you. is doing it yeah. right a hundred percent diversifying their portfolio outside of the drink market is i think the smartest yep. thing they could have done and coca-cola should have followed suit um because you know what if the drink market goes under, you know, and there, there is a shift, there is a shift in America where we were moving away from sugar drinks and Coca-Cola is packed mm. with sugar. Um, yeah. and so it, it becomes less interesting to everybody. Um, so Pepsi diversifying into food, a plus on for them. Uh, why did Coke not release a diet drink? Wait, so tell me the year. Again, was this the 80s, you say? 
Uh, it was 82 they released Diet Coke, while Diet Pepsi was released in 1965. I just don't think there was a market for Diet Coke in the 60s. Like, when did we start becoming health conscious? Like, when did we start when did we start realizing that sugar wasn't good for us and, and certain fats weren't good for us? And there was this movement for dieting. I feel like that diet culture didn't even happen until the late 80s, 90s. And so Pepsi was quote unquote ahead of its time, but maybe not to a, a successful extent. I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't think there was a need. Yeah, I don't think there was a marketplace for it. You think they were just quick to the trigger on that? And then, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I think there I think, was a there was an element of like it wasn't health conscious in the sixties and seventies. It was more like body image conscious. Like you know, like people were very focused on that mm. rather than being healthy so maybe their marketing around diet pepsi was like help keep your frame we've seen this in a lot of like 40s 50s 60s advertising where it's like keep your figure and mm. still enjoy sugary drinks so i think that's probably the angle that i'll they give you about. an example i'll give you an example i used to work at a company where we had innovative proprietary technology in the cannabis space and we were creating drinks yeah for cannabis and um it was an emulsion technology where uh it would kind of spread the thc out throughout the entirety of the drink versus what it had been prior to that oh, nice. would be like the thc would really settle on one side of the candy or one side of the drink and you would have to like you know you could split a candy with someone and one person mm. would be in the corner talking to god and the other person is like i don't feel anything yeah. <laughs> uh so this company yeah, i worked with yeah. This company I worked with, we came out with this emulsion technology and we were coming up with like all these different types of drinks. So we came out with a soda water. We came out with a sh quote unquote champagne, non-alcoholic champagne, which was actually pretty much just like Martinelli's apple juice. Uh, but <laughs> we were coming out so with good. all of these drinks and the, our marketing director at the time was kind of like scratching his head and he's like, dude, we have to either invest a massive amount of marketing dollars to create a marketplace for these drinks or else mm. there's no marketplace. So I think what happened is Coke was kind of sitting back waiting for Pepsi to create the market for this drink. Because if you're the first to do something, nobody knows that they need it. Nobody knows that they want it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, try this soda water. Uh, and it has this great emulsion technology of cannabis in it. And people are like, I don't fucking care. I can just eat a candy bar. And then we have to spend the marketing dollars <laughs> to convince them that they do want this and create this, yep. this environment in this industry. Um, so I think that's what was happening was Coke was just saying, yeah, you spend all the marketing dollars and we'll come in at the last minute and take the lead once there's a market <laughs> for it. I like that. I think that's a great, that's great insights. And you're probably right. Um, cause I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't just counter with one too. I mean, it's kind of tit for tat, um, up until this point, but up until this point, they're kind of like dancing with each other, right? Like they're, they're marketing against each other. They're trying to one up each other, but there's no direct like competition. Like Coke is our competitor. Pepsi is our competitor. They're mm -hmm. just kind of like, in subtle advertising ways it's more like their advertising agencies are dance are fighting with each other like they're the ones really trying to one-up each other but if that all changed in 1975 when pepsi ran their famous taste test campaign mm. whereas it's this kind of live shot where they had uh you know coke and pepsi in front of people and they had regular people come up and taste test 
and pick their favorite. And Pepsi just won by like a, a resounding number. Like Pepsi dominated the taste test market. Um, and it was set up by Pepsi, but like they did. They just, they, everybody was choosing Pepsi over Coke. Um, and this direct kind of attack sent Coke into a spiral right? Like they were like, this is terrible PR. Like why are people choosing Pepsi? Like this is awful. So they spend the next few years completely reworking their original Coke recipe, like completely just changing the recipe entirely uh, to try to beat Pepsi. And they tried, they recreated the test taste test and they wanted to beat Pepsi in this taste test. So they came out with this new recipe and um, they found one that consistently beat Pepsi in taste tests and they released it and it was called New Coke. Uh, and this was in the 70s. Do you know about New Coke? Have you heard this advertising story? No, not the advertising story, but I, and I don't know if you know this, so I might be putting you on the spot here, but is this when they actually took the cocaine leaf out of Coca-Cola? Because it was the cocaine. Oh, no, way before this. Way before, yeah, okay. way, way before that, okay. way before that, <laughs> they were they weren't running cocaina in the seventies. I mean, they were, but not through coke cans. Through um, Miami, no, they uh, through Miami. Um, so uh, yeah, so they uh, they reworked their recipe. Cocaine leaf was gone way before then, and they found one, released it as New Coke, and New Coke got massive backlash. Like people were pissed, angry. Coke drinkers, you know, brand loyalists were like, I'm never drinking Coke again. What? This is awful. This is terrible. People hated new Coke. It was a terrible marketing PR disaster. So much resources. Um, and I mean, like really, really like visceral reactions to how much they hated Coke. It wasn't until later that they discovered the reason why when scientists analyzed this campaign and, um, and they found that the taste test, they were giving people such a small sample size of the product. And when you get a small sample size of a product, you're always going to pick the sweeter one. Like that is something in our brains. Like when you get just a little taste test of like small sizes, you pick the sweeter one. So what happened is New Coke, they ran the same thing with small sample sizes. But when you put that in a 12 ounce can, people couldn't finish it. It was too sweet. It was, wow. it was way too sweet. So people hated it. So the test in itself was rigged towards Pepsi because they were using small sample sizes and Pepsi runs a little sweeter than Coke. So it was like a huge marketing battle. And that kind of like kicked off this, this little bit of disdain, you know, it's like respect but marketing disdain for each other. Like now they're going after each other. Lesson Do you have learned. any thoughts on that? Yes, I've just learned a my own lesson in all of this is figure out how your competitor is running these tests. Invest more in scientists than investing in mm. marketing, branding, ingredients. Like, can you imagine the amount of money that they spent on that rebrand versus just taking the time to dig into what the competitors were actually testing? Like, it's a lot cheaper yep. to just kind of negate anything that Pepsi did then rather than just rebrand their entire product. That's insane. Not and even rebrand, but like come up with a new recipe. A new, a new like recipe. They formulated an entire new recipe based on this. 
I, uh, I, I think dead in the that's water. also the premise of this entire podcast that Zach and I are trying to do is ask the right questions, dig in deeper. There is something there that you're missing. Ask questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do not just take fascinating, things face fascinating. value. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I yep, love that. I yep. love that. Yeah. Uh, so the believe next the phase science. of this is the eighties, you know, that Sorry, was, I just had one more thing. The science the science. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> believe in science people. Anti-vaxxers were looking at you. Uh, the, so this brings us to the eighties, right? So that was in the, that was the kind of direct competition. What do you think we've talked about this actually specifically? And that's why I want to come back to you. We've talked about this tactic in the eighties. What do you think the next battleground phase is for coke and pepsi where are they really trying to grapple back and forth what you having sex with a coke no i I, no um i mean maybe a little bit i feel like 80s 70s was the era of sex cells uh but maybe i misunderstood mm, the question say it again no i think i think like well uh, it's a little bit abstract so i'll just give it to you uh the next phase was product placement Ah, in movies okay they started having a huge competition of who was going to be placed in these blockbuster 80s movies coming out right um and we've talked about that with cannabis is why i say like product placement is effective right but it really became the centerpiece of both of their strategies in the 80s um product placement had been around in the 40s Uh, we've talked about even earlier than that but coke was actually one of the first ones to be have product placement. It was featured on a shelf in the movie. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. You know, the Christmas movie, the mm-hmm. classic black and white movie, it's mm-hmm. like featured on a store shelf there. Um, but in the eighties, it became like a centerpiece for movies sometimes. Um, do you have any memories of any like Coke route? Are you a big eighties movies fan? Do you like no. watch eighties movies? No, I oh, don't. Come on. There's there, some great ones. There is a rule there's, in our house. Some great eighties movies. We do not watch anything, and it keeps changing. We do not watch anything past like 2019. <laughs> if there is a show that what? we find that came out in like 2000, we're like, nah, the resolution is shit. We're not what? about it. <laughs> not oh to, come on! Not to say, not to say that we haven't watched. Oh old my movies, god! But anything that th- this is like the genre of or the era of Netflix is if we find a new show and we're like, yes, this looks oh interesting. It has god, to be from twenty nineteen and on. <laughs> come on, they're like eighties movies are amazing. They're great. Not like, to say Ferris that I Bueller's haven't Day seen off. like yes, Ferris Bueller. Of course, of course, I've seen those classics. Uh, what's the detention movie? Breakfast, at, not Breakfast at Tiffany's. That was kind of like a six. Breakfast movie. Club. Breakfast Club. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Fast, fast Times at Richmond High. Like Bridgemont. those kind of like young 80s molly ringwald molly ringwald i've seen all of molly Molly ringwald Ringwald. molly ringwald yeah like those are great movies come on um not to say we haven't seen yourself off to those i've seen them Uh, i think you're backtracking a little bit but any any anyway do you remember any so i'm guessing if you've seen them can you think of any coke or pepsi references Oh, not Coke or Pepsi. Oh, gosh. No, not off the top of my head. Um, Not if I say the phrase, give me a Pepsi, free. No. Like, that doesn't ring a bell? Oh, okay, okay. 
Back to I'm, the Future. Come on, you gotta you gotta get in on okay, these. Okay. Also, movies, you should probably know about the. You should probably know this about me is there's people who can quote movies, <laughs> and there's people who cannot quote <laughs> movies. I fall into the category of people who cannot quote movies. So do not throw okay, anything okay. at me. Do not try to take. Do not try to okay. say like inside jokes. I, it will go right above my head. Um, <laughs> You're just like okay. And there's fair also people, good to know. Good to know. There's also people who fall into the category of I will watch one movie over and over and over again because I love it. And then there's people who fall into the category of I will watch the movie once and it's good enough for me. I never need to see it again. I am in that category. I will not watch a movie more than once. Uh, Come on, you find so many new things. Like you gotta. No, uh, no, no, no. Kayla, not no. interesting. Our, our, not interested. Our, our TV and movie consumption is like polar opposites. I'm I know. Learning, like complete, We're Like I love those old movies. I love, I love watching things over again. Okay, you know what? You keep watching your new age shit, Euphoria and shit like that. I'll watch the classics. All mm -hmm. right. You mm -hmm. can you, you you can have Emily in Paris. I'll have Citizen Kane. That's where I draw the line. All I right, do draw so. the line at Emily in Paris. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. See, it's got to go somewhere. There's two categories. It's on your side. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking Emily in Paris. Uh, um, okay, so Pepsi was back to product placement. Pepsi was prominently featured in a lot of these 80s movies, Back to the Future being like the most notable. Um, and Coke uh had was featured in some of the most prominent high grossing movies of the time superman et how about that one for a classic 80s movie seen uh, it don't need e. to see it again the alien op opens a bottle okay okay sure enough um and, and coke even had a uh prominent key plot point in the movie the gods must be crazy i haven't seen that one but apparently a coke bottle flies out of an airplane and it's throws off this series of events. So like the Coke bottle was like a centerpiece to the entire plot. Oh. Um, so when we're looking at the product placement battles, Coke wins a little bit. Like Coke was like being featured a lot more in these movies and being featured. My personal favorite. Now, if we're going to be talking movies for a quick second, I'm going to throw you for a loop because I love Bollywood movies. Have you ever seen a Bollywood movie? Have you ever like sat down and watched a Bollywood movie? The answer is no, no, but I can see the appeal. Oh my God, they're amazing. Caitlin, just like- Are they dramatic? You, they're like, oh, absolutely. I mean, they have, they like take everything from American culture, like American movies and just jam them into one movie. I'm talking there's singing and dancing. There's romance, there's action, there's there's cheesy lines, there's love triangles. Like they just take every bit of like American movies and just slam them into a three hour epic. And they're in, I mean, the dance scenes are amazing. Like there's comedy, there's romance, there's action, there's like drama, like they there's everything. They're amazing. Okay. I like, believe I you. I Bollywood fully movies. believe you. And it actually what gets me inspired to go watch a Bollywood movie because I I can hear Bollywood music playing in my head and I'm like really wanting to get up and dance right now. And it's just in my head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh and it's a great workout. I took like a Bollywood dance workout class. It's an Shut amazing workout. <laughs> They're amazing. Did They're you do amazing. it by yourself? No, I did it with my uh, ex-girlfriend, uh, but yes, uh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I love that stuff. So I'm going to give you one to watch because I'm on this tangent now. Okay. Uh, you, Doom, D-H-O-O-N. There's four of them. 
and they're like the the Bollywood Fast and Furious. And I know how you feel about Fast and Furious, but they're hilarious. D H O U M. are amazing. D H O O M. Doom. Oh, doom. It means like <laughs> cool and like in 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 Hindi. Um, if you're gonna watch one, watch the second one, Doom Two. It's it's incredible doom that it's like two. my favorite Bollywood movie. But why I bring it up is there's a scene in there that like the the villain is like working some mechanical system and he has like this magnetic thing attached to his hand to like you know be magnetic and he does it with a coke bottle like over and over so i was like even in these bollywood movies coke product placement is winning you see how i tied that all back in look at me go um i'm telling you you got it's a three-hour movie like buckle up but it's amazing. Like, especially time. the beginning. I got time. It's, I got nothing but time this weekend. It's incredible. So. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Watch watch that. It's on Prime. Um, okay. So um, my question to you, bringing it all back, my question to you, do you still see product placement as a tactic for companies or has the now the battleground shifted? Now we're up to current times. 80s was the product placement battle. What's what what what's the battleground now what do you think that is i am so happy you asked that because as soon as you started talking about product placement my wheels started turning and i was like damn you know that was the 80s and now we're in 2020 and not a lot has changed like companies are still relying on product placement and i was just thinking while you were talking obviously i wasn't paying attention to you so i was thinking uh, <laughs> what is the next stage of product placement like how as marketers you and i how can we start getting more creative on how to market because in the 80s what product placement was a, a innovative and now yeah yeah they would like be drinking pepsi yeah and like and that's just been the plateau for a hundred years like it's time something changes do you agree yep i agree i completely agree i think it shifted a little bit and this is where i see the battle happening and you touched on it yeah i I think uh the platform it's not so much product placements in like tv shows right and but it is product placement in like, you know, just featured on video, YouTube video podcasts. Like they'll have like a drink set up um, and the real yeah. battlefield, social media, but the real battlefield and you touched on it right away at the beginning. And I loved it is endorsers, influencers, spokespeople. Yeah. There is, there's like a gold rush to see what team who joins yeah. what side as far yeah. as Coke and Pepsi goes. Um, so you name some, you name some classic Pepsi people, right? Yeah. Beyonce, uh, Britney Spears. Um, can you name any Coke people? Can you name any, like, does any come into your head? No, not off the bat. Same with me. I had to like, look it up. Like I, I think Pepsi is very much winning this endorsement battle, yeah. but it makes sense to me because Pepsi has always positioned itself as the young people's drink that's what i alluded to at the beginning the pepsi generation was a campaign they ran in the 80s being like all young people like we're the pepsi generation you know like they've always been targeting young people and so they get celebrity and Mm. spokespeople and influencers because that's who young people watch and want to emulate which it's so Um, funny zach because they're going after like hey we're the next generation of soda essentially is what they're saying but they were only 
born six years after coca-cola mind you this is the 1800s (laughs) so like both of these companies were born in the 1800s yet pepsi has really monopolized this new generation market and really owned it um and coke has been this old-timey classic and they've owned that market so i don't yeah it that's really interesting they've kind of divvied it up right and you think i also I also think about how Pepsi diversified its beverages because you think pe- uh, like uh, Coke has Sprite, Pepsi has Seven Up, but also I think the big one is Mountain Dew, right? Like Coke came out with that Mellow Yellow, but Mountain Dew is also the young people's drink, right? Like that is that is like targeted at young kids. They want you to drink Mountain Dew. I thought it was right? targeted like, at gamers mm-hmm. and software engineers. Two are mostly young kids as it stands. So eh, we're, hand in hand. we're both fair. right. How about That's that? Fair. <laughs> we're both right. We're both right. Um, um, but, but I do agree. Like, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just, yeah. I, I just wanted to recap on the Coca-Cola owning old timey classic. And then if you're a competitor in the marketplace, you're like, okay, let's just be the opposite of them. And I think both companies have done it well. Yep. They've really owned their marketplace well, and they've established a following for each. Like Pepsi is yep. lighter, refresher, t- refreshing taste versus Coke is classic. We're not changing our recipe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. I'd be so curious to see market research on if young people drink Pepsi, but then transition to Coke when they're older, if they continue drink soda, because it seems to me like you touch into that nostalgia, you touch into that kind of classic feeling. Like when you're a kid, you're, you want to be the next generation. But then when you get older, you touch into that nostalgia. I wonder if there's a shift uh, as age demographics, as you get older. Not only um, that, but yeah. I wonder if there's a shift in generation too, because Gen Z right now is occupying so much of the buying power and they're very much vintage yeah. unique they're throwing it back yep. they're yep. throwing it back to y2k uh and so they might <laughs> be the coke generation versus millennials tried so hard to push mm-hmm. forward and get away from that mm-hmm. that we're maybe the pepsi generation and gen z is back to coke and it just keeps shifting <laughs> Yep, it's just a battle of who can capture that 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 just specific that generation. generation. Show us the data. Um, bring out the data, people. Bring out the data. I got nothing on you with that, mm. but I do have a list of people that uh, Pepsi has sponsored, and it, it, you'll see a distinct difference. Right Wait, before um, you get into that, the biggest. Could, did you tell? Did you look up who Coca who endorses Coca Cola? Yes. Who was it? And I, I'm going to read them both off. I'm going to okay, read them okay. both off. Okay, so okay. let me start. I, I really only found three major ones for Coca-Cola. Okay. Let's start with that. So the three major ones for Coca-Cola, Elton John, Maroon 5, and what? Selena Gomez. We're, what? We're really oh, the three biggest one. Yeah. We're the, like really like the three biggest Coke endorsers that I could find. Okay. Selena the most liked Instagram. I don't know. I think Ariana Grande might have surpassed Selena, but like maybe a year ago, the most liked Instagram picture in history was Selena Gomez sipping a Coca-Cola bottle with a straw. So when you, as soon as you said Selena Gomez, I remembered that kind of news cycle. She got, it was the most liked Instagram post ever. 
God, Coke's just got to dominate everything. The but most, like, uh, I don't most liked, uh, yeah. I don't know anything else. Like I can't picture her in a commercial. I, I don't remember her endorsing it in any other manner. And I honestly thought that that was just an editorial for like Elle magazine or something that happened to go mm -hmm. viral that just happened to have a Coca-Cola in it. Like I don't think she purposely was endorsing coca-cola i think it was an editorial piece so anyways yep. that's all to say that i do remember that picture uh it does ring a bell but i don't remember her actively endorsing coca-cola i definitely don't fucking know anything about maroon 5 and elton john <laughs> is kind of a surprise to me too that's those yeah. those three are very they did not do a good job if those were the endorsers they're all over the map they're all <laughs> over the map right Pick like a that lane. was my point Pick like a lane, coke, Coca -Cola. Co coke is just like throwing spaghetti at the wall yes. now let me read let me read uh let me read the pepsi ones and you're gonna see their specific market right um Music. michael jackson they actually sponsored his bad world tour so is the pepsi bad world tour britney spears yep. you mentioned beyonce yep. shakira yes. Katy perry um you see their exact market, right? Like that's their and I can picture their uh, I can picture their commercials too. Like I know exactly mm -hmm. who endorses Pepsi. So hats off to Pepsi, you win this battle. Yep, yep. Um. So and then I want to talk about like the good and the good and bad side of endorsements really quick as well because that's all pop culture. That's American. I'm a huge soccer fan. You know this. Pepsi also sponsor Leo Messi, uh, who's like one of the greatest soccer players of all time is sponsored by pepsi as well so i know all his commercials right mm, yeah um, the interesting little the, the interesting story that i have on that is uh there was a t soccer tournament the euros over the summer cristiano ronaldo who is like the other these are like the two giants of the game right i think everybody knows cristiano ronaldo uh he sat down at a press conference after a big game and like we said there's a product placement in front of him, he had a water and a Coke bottle and a Heineken sitting in front of him. And he sits down, takes the Coke bottle off, puts it underneath, and then just holds up the water and says like agua, like water. Like he took the Coke bottle, put it underneath and just said agua. And, and the next day, Coke's market value, their stock <gasps> dropped by $4 billion, $4 billion with a B just because he took it off and was like set it down and said agua um so like these people have power like these people have definite buying power you can see why they do this strategy of getting it's not just like trying to win in like there is buying power behind celebrity status Holy isn't that shit. fascinating that like, is I, wild I, I, I that like, is wild it doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me but that number surprises me that and and yes. I, I do want to reiterate like the market is not driven by any data. The market is driven by gut feelings. So investors yep. took out their money thinking that uh, Ronaldo was going to change the platform, change the market entirely. And that is wild to me that yep. $4 billion worth of investors said had this gut reaction. That is, that's a crazy amount of money. That's crazy, right? And it, you're so right. It's just based on feeling and just watching it as someone not endorse a product or yeah. not be put up with endorsing a product yeah. can have the exact opposite reaction. Uh, very fascinating. So let me toss to you a hypothetical. I know we're, we're pushing time here. Maybe, maybe we'll cut this out, but I say we go a little over. Um, you're the VP 
of marketing at Coke. Now I'm putting you in this scenario. You're like, we're losing this endorsement game. We are, we need to catch up. We need to find something. Who are you going after now? Who Fucking pick, Ronaldo. Pick, your, pick your endorsers. I'd pick Ronaldo. You think he's going to do that? You think, it, oh, that's not a bad plan, actually. Like, directly, like, contradict it. Let's go schmooze the fuck out of him and say, okay, you don't like Coca-Cola, but have you tried Coke Zero? And mm. we open it back up. Yeah, you need mm. to get Ronaldo on your side. If Ronaldo is worth $4 billion of investors, nobody is worth $4 billion except for Ronaldo. So get him on your side. Did you oh, see I picked a up a pencil one. and I that's was a like really good one. very into this. Yeah. I you were you went into pitch mode. You went into I full pitch, pitch mode. mode. I, I was. Love I it. was. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a great call. I think that's a great call. Do you I mean, so I, my, I guess my where I was going with this too is I think your strategy is better, but my thinking is like, you know, these these TikTok influencers like these hype house whatever they are people like do you try to get them integrated into the Coke yeah. family or do you just kind of say like eh, whatever Gen Z is is anti product placement anti sponsorship like yeah I don't know where where do you go with that where well do you I think that? that a group of people could have the buying power like you said the hype house in total like Charlie DeMalo as a singular influencer does not have what Ronaldo has. So as a group of people, yeah. yes, but you're also targeting someone completely different. So if you go after a, tar a different demographic of Gen Z, you have to believe that they're worth $4 billion when you already know yeah. that Ronaldo has the lock on sports industry and you already know that he's worth yep. $4 billion. So you're either kind of taking a gamble on like, okay, we can't lock down the sports industry, so let's pivot and start to not lock in the Gen Zers. But it's a gamble, and I think everybody's after Gen Z right now. I think you have to regain traction in sports. Um, and you do that by promoting. Oh. Doesn't Coca-Cola own Gatorade? Am I off? I uh, It might. Let me see. Either way, I, and I think that's a little bit off topic, but I think you give Ronaldo an opportunity like, yeah, maybe he doesn't appreciate all the sugar in Coca-Cola. You wouldn't. But you could maybe maybe oh. spin it. Does does it? Pepsi owns Gatorade. Pepsi owns Gatorade. Coca-Cola Coca has Powerade. Powerade. So, um, okay. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that I think setting Powerade aside. You do want to get him to endorse Coca-Cola all over again. And you just put a spin on it. Like, yes, it has 140 grams of sugar. But guess what sugar can do after you just burned 3,000 worth of calories? Like, mm -hmm. you need that energy, mm -hmm. you know? Or maybe it's a pregame, mm -hmm. like, hit or something. I don't know. You spin it. You have to spin it. And yeah. you have to regain traction in sports. I love that. I think you lean into that. I think what a yeah. great campaign like you have him sitting at a press conference he takes down a coke bottle puts it underneath and then pulls up like a new product coke bottle and like sets it on there like it, how great is that right you like reenact you, the you exact scenario yeah. you reenact the exact scenario that yep. sent their stock plummeting yes exactly i i love that strategy um so let, let's kind of wrap this up with who's winning i mean if you if your gut based on what we've, we've talked about who's winning i think is there a winner uh, my gut says, and although I lean, I am more of kind of a vintage person, retro, I think my gut is Pepsi is winning in this marketplace because 
they do uh I, I do remember all of the endorsers that pepsi has and i cannot remember one endorser and in this day and age it is critical to have people like that on your side and i think pepsi did mm, that do yeah. you have an opinion um well i do but i know the numbers so i'm i'm a little biased but uh you're uh, you're right pepsi is winning this competition okay. in, in terms of classifying winning as revenue so in in 2021 coke earned about 39 billion in revenue and it actually saw a dip in 2016 in revenue for the first time since the 80s so it's actually kind of dipped a little bit in coke revenue and kind of held steady um Pepsi, on the other hand, is on the up and up. And in the same year, last year, Coke had $39 billion. Pepsi made $79 billion Whoa! So that almost is not double, a small gap. Almost, almost double what Coke brought in in revenue. The wow. difference is, and this is why I think it's a great one to start this off on, the difference is Coke outspends Pepsi two to one in marketing. So Coke spends about $2 billion in marketing. Pepsi spends $1.1 billion in marketing. So even though they're about half of the revenue, they outspend Pepsi by twice as much on the marketing end. So that's why we, we, we see this as a battle. But in actuality, the numbers are way different. Crazy. Right? Like Crazy. way, way different. Yeah. And, and it's really credit like Pepsi. I think you hit the nail on the head, their diversification strategy, not only the marketing strategy, but they went into snacks, right? Like Doritos, Lay's, all of those, like that is Pepsi Gatorade. We just saw Pepsi company. So maybe this Coke versus Pepsi battle is, is tight and it's neck and neck, but Gatorade's beating Powerade, like hands down, 100%. right? Like there are other facets. There are other facets of their business that are just killing the Coke side of the business. Yeah. Like Pepsi has a way stronger team, even though Coke and Pepsi are very similar in their specific products. Yeah. Um, does that surprise you? Does that surprise you? No, especially after I learned that Gatorade is owned by uh, Pepsi. And let me tell you why. And, and I don't know, because I've never like, uh, owned a convenience store or uh, somewhere where <laughs> I needed to stock a refrigerator, for example. But my yeah. understanding is that once you have a vendor, you buy all of that vendor's supply instead of, you mm. can't have Coke and Pepsi, can you? Oh yeah, they do. Oh, they definitely. Do? They usually do. Like 7-Elevens usually have both. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. But I will say, uh, okay, so let's take convenience stores out of the equation, but restaurants, restaurants, I made a mention of this at the mm. beginning, you're either Coke or yeah. you're either Pepsi. And because of those specific products are so similar, you start to expand a little bit and say, okay, well, what's more popular Sprite or seven up? What's more popular Powerade or Gatorade? high C or minute made mm. lemonade. And you start to look at their whole, whole mm -hmm. portfolio and say, you know, okay, which one is, which, which of these products is more popular. And I'd say that Pepsi has a, has more popularity in more diverse products. And so I think yeah. that is the reason that they're pulling ahead is because vendors choose Pepsi because of their portfolio. Yep. Uh, I, well, I think, and then I, I completely agree. And then the other piece of that is I just think Coca-Cola is buoyed a lot by their relationship with McDonald's, right? Like the mm -hmm. McDonald's is the biggest distributor, oh, really? biggest buyer of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're a very close partner. Classic. So stay I with think classics. Coke, 
Yep. So I think they kind of buoy each other, but I think you're right. Like Pepsi's just has a stronger team, has a stronger book of business, has a yeah. diversified product yeah. line yeah. that Coke is just, but the battle of Coke and Pepsi is still there because Coke is doubling their marketing spend on Pepsi. Like they are out there. They are everywhere. They are a persistent uh, place in the, in the actual advertising sphere. I think though that that does speak to strategy a little bit because Pepsi can pay $1 billion and get Britney Spears to market it and it's game over versus Coca-Cola has to go out and spend $2 billion to run twice the amount of commercials, twice the amount of effort. And Pepsi was like, dude, all I needed to do was just over invest in celebrities and I'm done. Like mm. hands off, I'm done. And mm-hmm. they did, they, yep. I think that's a brilliant hands off to their marketing department. They're they're They definitely have a leg up on Coke. I agree. Coke I hasn't agree. caught up yet. Um, Nope. I agree. So, I mean, yeah. And I think this is a good point to just kind of where this is going to be a recurring theme. We talk about battles uh, and it's, it's important to justify just like we justify our successes in business. What is a successful campaign? What do we determine winning? And I think at the end of the day, marketing is to drive ROI. It's to drive revenue. So in my interpretation, like less about the public conversation, less about anything, you win by driving revenue yeah. and that makes Pepsi the winner yeah. in my book. Right. Um, I yeah, think we end overall. on that. Yep. So uh, we will be posting the videos uh, of the old jingles and uh, some, some of our favorite Coke and Pepsi advertisements on our Facebook group, manipulating the masses podcast. Uh, keep, keep an eye out. We're doing lives every Monday to kind of preface uh these topics so if you have any questions or thoughts or opinions on any of this please pop on ask away caitlin and i are right there we will answer you off the cuff so you'll get the authentic caitlin and zach which i don't know is a good thing to reveal to the world or a bad thing we're gonna find out um yeah anything else you want to sign off with no unscripted all right well uh thanks for listening we'll see you next week Bye. bye